well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm glad you've joined us on the program today. We're going to be talking about uh, the future of smart guns. Yeah. Gun control advocates, they love smart guns. Uh, By the way, before we get started, though, I do have to uh, take just a a moment to say thank you uh, to each and every one of you who uh, have kept my and and are keeping my wife, uh, Miss E, in your thoughts and your prayers. We had a doctor's appointment today uh, and we got really good news. Um, The immunotherapy drugs that she is on um, are working. All of the tumors are shrinking. There are no new tumors. Every single tumor in her lungs is shrinking right now. Uh, so that is the good news. The bad news is the uh, the, the the drugs are kicking her butt. Uh, so she's off of the drugs for right now. Uh, she's taking a little break, letting her body recover. But uh, the fact that it's working is a very good thing. Uh, probably going to be going back on the drugs in uh, maybe a month or two. Uh, so please keep her in your thoughts and your prayers. Continue to do so. Uh, and I, I cannot thank you enough uh, for all of the kind words and the well wishes and the prayers that uh, you have sent over the last four and a half years now. Uh, almost. And I'll continue to keep you up to date. But let's uh, talk about what's going on with the future of smart gun technology. Got to thank the uh, folks at the gun feed for uh, highlighting this story here. This is a new study out, new research paper uh, entitled AI can stop mass shootings in more. Uh, this paper uh, authored by uh, Selmer Bringsjord, Nevin Sundar, Govindara Julu, and Michael Giancola at the Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute in New York. Uh, and basically their idea is, hey, what if we what if we took a smart gun and then we made it even more complicated by adding AI into the smart gun so that uh, depending on the circumstances, the gun would decide when you could pull the trigger. Yeah. Aren't you excited about that? Let's take a look at the abstract of this piece. Uh, We propose to build directly on our longstanding prior R&D and AI slash machine ethics in order to attempt to make real the blue sky idea of AI that can thwart mass shootings by bringing to bear its ethical reasoning. The research and development in question is overtly and avowedly logistic in form, and since we are hardly the only ones who have established a firm foundation in the attempt to imbue AIs with their own ethical sensibility, the pursuit of our proposal by those in different methodological camps should, we believe, be considered as well. We seek herein to make our vision at least somewhat concrete by anchoring our uh, exposition in two simulations, one in which the AI saves the lives of innocents by locking out a malevolent human's gun, and the second in which this malevolent agent is allowed by the AI to be neutralized by law enforcement. Along the way, they say some objections are anticipated and rebutted. Yeah, some but not all of them. So in their hypothetical situation, the uh, researchers say, all right, uh, 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 consider, if you will, the uh, shooting at the Walmart in El Paso, Texas. Uh, And imagine... They say, if, as this guy was driving to the Walmart, um, and I want to quote here, the shooter is driving to Walmart, an assault rifle, and a massive amount of ammunition in his vehicle. The AI we envision 
knows that this weapon is there and that it can be used only for very specific purposes in very specific environments. And of course, it knows what those purposes and environments are. At Walmart itself, in the parking lot, any attempt on the part of the would-be assailant to use his weapon or even position it for use in any way will result in it being locked out by the AI. In the particular case at hand, the AI knows that killing anyone with the gun, except perhaps for self-defense purposes, is unethical. And since the AI rules out self-defense, the gun is rendered useless and locked out. So basically, again, uh, you know, imagine if we had this and a, a gun could reason uh, you know, there's really no reason to have an AR-15 in a Walmart parking lot. And whoa, 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 why are you pulling this up to your shoulder here? No, 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 we're going to lock down. That, that's, that's what they envision. Uh, they go on to say, continuing with what could have been, Texas Rangers were earlier notified by AI and now arrive on the scene. If the malevolent human persists in an attempt to kill or maim despite the neutralization of his rifle, say by resorting to a knife... The rangers are ethically cleared to shoot in order to save lives. Their guns, while also guarded by AI that makes sure firing them is ethically permissible, are fully operative because the doctrine of double effect, or a variant, these doctrines are discussed below, says that it's ethically permissible to save the lives of innocent bystanders by killing the criminal. They do so, and the situation is secure. Unfortunately, they write, what we have just described in an alt is an alternate timeline that did not happen, but in the future, in similar situations, we believe it could. And we urge people to at least contemplate whether we are right and whether if we are, such AI is worth seeking. I, I, I say no. I say no. Because what you're doing here is you're substituting the judgment of individual gun owners, malevolent or otherwise, with the judgment of a machine. We as gun owners, and again, I, I understand the, the researchers said, this isn't designed to stop you from defending yourself. This is designed to stop cold-blooded killers from using a gun. And I understand that. But if the researchers had their way, it wouldn't just be bad actors who would have firearms equipped with AI. It would be every one of us. And we would be tasked with substituting our own judgment about when we should use a firearm in self-defense for the judgment of a machine. So it may very well be feasible to do this. Uh, is it practical? Is it effective? And is it a technology that would be willingly adopted by a large number of gun owners? Uh, the website, The Next Web, took a look at... Uh, this research paper, and they, 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 I think they're on board uh, based on some of the wording that they use here. They say, clearly the contribution is not the development of a smart gun, but the creation of an ethically correct AI. If criminals won't put the AI on their guns or they continue to use uh, dumb weapons, the AI can still be effective when installed in other sensors. It could hypothetically be used to perform any number of functions once it determines violent human intent. They can lock doors, stop elevators, alert authorities, change traffic patterns, text location-based alerts, and any number of other reactionary measures, including unlocking law enforcement and security personnel's weapons for defense. I, I would actually have less of a problem with that uh, than I would AI equipped on a uh, so-called smart gun. Um, they go on to say, realistically, it takes a leap of faith. To assume that an ethical AI can be made to understand the difference between situations such as, for example, home invasion and domestic violence, but the groundwork is already there. I say, if you look at driverless cars, we know that people have already died because they relied on an AI to protect them. But we also know that the potential to save tens of thousands of lives is too great to ignore in the face of a so far relatively small number of accidental fatalities. By the way, 
Yeah, yeah, it, it happens. But, you know, it doesn't happen a lot compared to the number of other traffic accidents out there. Well, might that be in part because there aren't as many driverless cars out there on the roads right now? And might it be that if all of a sudden everybody is driving a driverless car and relying on AI to save them, that these problems are going to magnify? I mean, I think that's a fairly reasonable hypothesis, don't you? Uh, the next web uh, writes, it's likely that just as Tesla's AI, a gun control AI could result in accidental and unnecessary deaths. But approximately 24,000 people die annually in the U.S. due to suicide by firearm. 1,500 children are killed by gun violence. and Almost 14,000 adults are murdered with guns. It stands to reason that an AI intervention could significantly decrease those numbers. I don't think so. And again, here's why. We have 400 million dumb guns in this country at the moment. And they're not going away. They'll last for a long time. Uh, for decades to come, they are going to be the predominant type of firearm in the United States. So, I, I, again, they talk about you know bringing this out of the blue sky and down into the real world. Now, I think it's time to tie some healing balloons to this idea and float it back up into the atmosphere because this just doesn't work practically speaking. As even the next web noted, is the AI going to be able to determine the difference between let's say, a domestic violence situation in which someone needs to use a firearm in self-defense against a loved one who's attacking them, uh, or a home invasion, or an accidental firearm. How does the AI determine? Let's say a couple is having an argument, uh, and a woman uh, grabs the gun in self-defense, points it at her uh, abusive spouse or abusive boyfriend, in self-defense, what does the gun do? Does the gun, does the AI recognize, okay, this is a self-defense situation? Or does the AI say, look, we're in the home. That's another authorized user. So no, we're not going to let the trigger be pulled here. Again, you cannot substitute the judgment of a machine for your own because a machine is never going to have as much information as you, a human, does. Ultimately, AI, artificial intelligence, is simply that, artificial. Like every other computer program, you know, the phrase garbage in, garbage out, if you're putting garbage data in, what are you going to get? You're going to get garbage data coming out. Now, these neural networks supposedly learn uh, over time so maybe this technology will get better, but I think we are a long way away from artificial intelligence actually having the intelligence and the ethics to determine whether you or I or anybody else should be able to use a fireman's self-defense. Then there are those practical considerations. So how is a smart gun equipped with AI going to be able to see the surroundings? Let's say you're walking through that Walmart parking lot and you see that guy pull out an AR-15. And you say, that's not right. So you pull out your own gun. Well, what, what does your gun think about you pulling out a firearm for self-defense in a Walmart parking lot? Does your firearm go through the same ethical decision-making that the uh, malevolent humans uh, uh, AI-equipped firearm goes through? Well, we're in a Walmart parking lot, and there's no reason to pull a gun here, and so we're going to shut down. I, you know, this is 
I don't even know how useful it is in theory. But here's the, I think, the biggest problem for these researchers. There's a reason why, quote unquote, smart gun technology has not caught on. couple reasons. First of all, and I think the biggest reason, is that it adds a layer of insecurity. It adds another point of failure to the gun that doesn't have to be there. It's entirely extraneous to the operation of that firearm. And by adding it, you also add to the potential of that gun not being able to be used in self-defense when you need it. That's one of the chief drawbacks for me. I mean, the smart gun technology that we have now, there's a company out of Kansas called uh, Smart Guns that's supposed to uh, release a, a firearm to market later this year. $2,500 for a uh, 9mm 1911 clone, which is outside of my price range uh, right now, I'll be honest with you. Uh, and it comes with a wearable. You've got to wear a fingerless glove at all times on your shooting hand. If you're not wearing that fingerless glove, you can't use the firearm. So if you have a firearm in your home for self-defense, I guess you're sleeping Michael Jackson style with that glove on your hand every night in case somebody breaks in. Uh, the Armatix IP-1, which was the other smart gun that uh, briefly came to market uh, amidst a ginormous lack of interest outside of the media, uh, that required you wearing a watch. And if the watch was close enough to the firearm, the RFID technology would kick on and uh, boop, you could use the gun. Uh, the gun could also be hacked, as it turned out, with about $15 worth of magnets. Yeah, we don't, we don't know if the uh, smart guns gun that's coming to market is also going to be easily hackable. Maybe that design feature has been tweaked since the Armatix came to market. But uh, there are real practical problems with smart gun technology. Gun control advocates don't care about those real-world problems, though. They're all in favor of mandating smart guns just as soon as possible, including, by the way, President Joe Biden. This was part of his campaign pledge to try to transition the United States to 100% smart gun ownership. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know how you do that without banning, quote-unquote, dumb guns and requiring that only smart guns be sold, but that's actually probably exactly what gun control advocates want. Actually, I mean, that was the law in the state of New Jersey for over a decade. As soon as a smart gun came to market, the clock started ticking, and within a three-year period, I think only smart guns could be sold in New Jersey gun stores. Yeah, they actually took that law off the books last year, reluctantly, replaced it with a law that says, all right, when a smart gun comes to market, every gun store in New Jersey has to sell it. You can sell other ones, but you have to carry smart guns too. So much for the free market, I suppose, right? So again, there are a lot of problems here with this idea. Uh, and my biggest problem is that I am expected to bow down at the altar of technology and sacrifice my own judgment for the judgment of my gun. Well, I don't want to. That doesn't, that doesn't thrill me at all. Uh, could it be that this technology might be able to stop bad actors and malevolent humans with evil intent? Maybe. But could it also stop people who need to use their firearm in self-defense? Yeah, maybe. And that risk is not worth it to me. There are better ways to address violent crime. There are better ways to address those... Um, incredibly few number of uh, individuals in our society with evil in their heart and murder on their minds who are intent on killing as many innocent people as possible. 
without making firearms less useful uh, and less reliable uh, in the process. By the way, I'd love to know what you think, so uh, leave a comment uh, on the uh, YouTube or Rumble pages and let me know, uh, would you be interested in an AI-equipped smart gun? I guess in the market for this right now, it's probably about 12 people, uh, most of them gun control advocates. All right, let's turn our attention to today's Armed Citizen story. Our good deed of the day, our recidivist report, we'll start there with a story out of Oklahoma making uh, national headlines. A uh, man released from prison early, now facing three first-degree murder charges. Yep. This is um, this is not good. Um, OSBI, the Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation, uh, reports that uh, Lawrence Paul Anderson is accused of three killings, including the killing of his neighbor, Andrea Blankenship, and cutting her heart out. And then he tried to feed her heart to his family before uh, killing his uncle, wounding his aunt, and killing the pair's four-year-old granddaughter. In addition to the murder charges that he's facing, Anderson is also facing one count of assault and one count of maiming, uh, according to the Associated Press. Uh, Anderson was denied bail on Tuesday during his initial court hearing. His attorney said he would also ask to have uh, Anderson evaluated to see if he's mentally competent to be prosecuted, which is probably a, a pretty good idea, given the fact that he, you know, killed a woman, cut out her heart, and then tried to feed it uh, to his family. According to the Associated Press, uh, Governor Kevin Stitt uh, ended up uh, commuting Anderson's sentence. He was sentenced to 20 years in prison in 2017 for probation violations on a drug case as well as for new crimes. Uh, but uh, Governor Stitt last year commuted the sentence to nine years, and that was from a recommendation by the Oklahoma Pardon and Parole Board. Uh, so he was released from prison after serving just three years. Yeah, he went from a 20-year sentence down to a nine-year sentence, which ultimately ended up being a three-year sentence. Grady County District Attorney Jason Hicks said, blasting that commutation, he said, quote, I really think an offender such as this should not have ever been able to even apply for commutation. Well, I, I don't know about not even being able to apply for commutation, but I definitely have questions about why the Pardon and Parole Board recommended that Anderson um, have his sentence commuted. And I am very, very curious to see if there were any indications of uh, mental health disorders uh, in the relatively short period of time that he was actually behind bars. Unfortunately, we don't have those answers. What we do know is that Anderson was let out three years into what was supposed to be a 20-year sentence. And now three people are dead when Anderson should have been behind bars. Our uh, armed citizen story today from uh, Denver, Colorado, a, a shootout during a home invasion in the uh, Denver area. Uh, this was Sunday afternoon. Police say that uh, three suspects invaded a home and a fourth suspect waited in a vehicle outside. Uh, investigators say the uh, suspects once inside the home demanded that everybody get on the ground. One person inside the residence, however, pulled out a firearm. Suspects then pulled out a rifle. A shootout began inside the home. Two people were hurt. Uh, one person suffered a head injury, which investigators say is not life-threatening. All of the suspects managed to get away, but again, thankfully, uh, nobody in the home was seriously harmed, I believe, because they were able to protect themselves uh, and uh, not facing any charges, it looks like, uh, for acting in self-defense inside 
of their own residence. Uh, finally today, our good deed of the day. Take a look at uh, this man, Officer Nicholas Argetis, in the right place at the right time to save a man in a motorized wheelchair who had ended up in a retention pond. This was in uh, St. Augustine, Florida. And uh, Officer Argetis says that the man in question uh, claims that he had a seizure, which caused his uh, motorized wheelchair to roll down a hill and into a retention pond there in uh, St. Augustine. Uh, Argetis' heroic act, according to uh, First Coast News, not even in his jurisdiction, he was actually conducting a traffic stop nearby, and he said, when I heard on my radio, St. John's County dispatched one of their deputies, he said, I was close to the pond, so I made my way over there as quick as I could. Uh, he found the man and his scooter sideways in the water, man's mouth just barely above the uh, water line. Officer Argetis says, I was able to get into the water as much as I could, pull him by his shirt uh, up onto the grass. He was coughing and spitting out water. He said it was then that uh, Officer Argetis recognized the man uh, who lives at a, a homeless encampment nearby. And he said, I knew with his disability, he was not able to help himself out of the water. Argetis said he also knew that the man was a veteran. And the next day, after saving this man's life, Argetis returned to that pond and he found the hat that the man wears that um, says that he's a veteran, has the word freedom on it. Argetis then uh, went to where the man lives to return the hat, but he was not home there. Said he's happy that the man will have a nice surprise when he returns to that camp. And uh, he said this is not an act of heroism, doesn't want, you know, honor or glory or anything like that. He says it's nothing crazy, it's just a part of the job. Well, be that as it may, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. Officer Nicholas Argetis, we do thank you for your very good deed. And that is all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. Uh, one reminder, it is Wednesday, so by the time you see this, our weekly VIP Gold live chat with Hot Airs at Morrissey will have taken place, but... It is available on demand. If you are a VIP Gold member, uh, you can sign up at BarryAndArms.com. We certainly do appreciate your support. Also, don't forget, you can subscribe to Town Hall Media on YouTube or Barrying Arms Cam and Company on Rumble. That way you'll never miss one of these programs. Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, the TownHall.com podcast page as well. Plenty of places for you to find the latest Second Amendment news and information and even a look into the future. A very dystopian future featuring guns that say, no, I'm not going to let you uh, act in self-defense right now. We're shutting down instead. We'll be back tomorrow with more of the latest Second Amendment news and information from all across the nation. But until then, be well, be safe, and be free. Robot free as well.